Flex and Frooms on Kada. This is Flexi and Fruminda, and today on the podcast, I am sharing a very special recipe that my housemate made last week. I know that sounds kind of boring, but it's not. <laughs> G it up a little bit. <laughs> it's like, that's what I, I'm not meant to say that I'm boring or annoying anymore. Um, but it's from a, a, two guys called, uh, fuck. It doesn't matter because it's about the yaya. Yeah, it's the yaya. I'm friends with them, but I always forget their names. Ah, you can't. <laughs> it's giving. That's one thing I would never admit. <laughs> Let's continue. I'm also going to talk about the worst Antarctic exploration ever. It's gnarly and I like I'm in a K-hole. I can't stop thinking about it. One of those stories that just got worse and worse and worse in the best way possible. You think it's gonna get better? No, it never does. Mm-hmm. It never does. And ending on uh what feels like a, a punny way to go about it, the best way to end a conversation, I think I am proficient in doing so. You know, just like dialing it down in a way that makes everybody feel really comfortable. It's a gift. Also, because I don't think this is in the podcast I learnt on the weekend, Queen's Jubilee, that if she wants to end the conversation, she moves her bag from one hand to the other one behind her back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Keep that in mind. Yes. yes. And you are a queen, so let's end it there. <laughs> this is Flex and Frooms on Cater. Something that everybody on the internet talks about non-stop are red flags. Everybody's got red flags about dating, like maybe he's a mama's boy, maybe she always expects you to pay for the bill, maybe he likes girls' bikini photos, maybe she is mean to her parents. Oof. I say the fourth one's probably one of the worst. Nothing more uncomfortable than somebody having an absolute, absolute bitch at their parents. Where is the decorum? Literally, you're making me feel awkward. Anyway, red flags are very obvious, but something that I learned about on TikTok this week was beige flags. Yeah, nice. You say that you've heard this video. I'm just going to play it for everyone here. Yeah. It's from a creator called It's Kato. She is an Australian person. There's a lot of dating app red flags doing the rounds again at the moment, but I wanted to address something that I think is a little bit more prevalent that I have coined beige flags. Signs you're probably very boring. First up is having an opinion on coriander, whether pineapple belongs on pizza or sauce or chocolate belongs in the fridge or cupboard. It's it's not important. No one cares. Second is any reference to extremely mainstream sitcoms. If you're looking for the Pam to your gym, I just, I'm just going to assume you have no deeper meaning, like reference the Mighty Boosh or get out, you know? The next one is using puppies to hide your lack of personality. It's rude. And look, I only want the dog. I don't even want you in that case. So just jog on. Using puppies as puppies to hide your personality. (laughs) The thing about red flags is no matter who you are, you're going to have a couple That's just how the cookie crumbles. Beige flags, though, probably just as damaging, harder to figure out. Yeah. Because it's not that people don't have personalities. I do think it's a fundamental issue with the fact that men aren't really like socialized on how to be present themselves online. They're just not given the handbook. They're not socialized to worry about presenting themselves to anyone Do you reckon? or adding context around themselves. Absolutely. On the internet. Because like beige flags for women 
are like spicy marks, right? Because anytime, and there's a lot of research around this, when women show their personalities or put context behind their personalities, it seemed to be really abrasive to a lot of men. Mm. So like, I can understand why a woman goes on, on an app and dials it down, right? But men... I don't think there are very many contexts in life where they have to present themselves as anything but just a very particular archetype of whatever demographic they're trying to fit into. So like you're a music head. Okay, great. You do music head things or like you like movies. And so you name a couple Christopher Nolan ones. (laughs) I love the American Psycho, they all say. I love dark humour. Well, I think some men have it really bad. What about the men that like fishing? Yes. They have endured years and years of scrutiny and being made the butt of the joke. What if you just really loved fishing, killing animals? You're being targeted on ads, on comedians' pages. It's really hell out there for the men. Yep. Uh, personal beige flaggers that I have, I definitely relate. <laughs> I definitely relate to the sitcoms. Don't quote a sitcom to me. If you watch Friends growing up, I'm going to think you're not cool. I agree with her. If you if you quote Mighty Boosh, even that's kind of like I the thing about TV shows that I find is what is the likelihood of me knowing the exact episode that you're referencing for us to have an inside joke? It's very slim. You are like jumping over a massive cliff thinking you're going to find the other side. And you ne- don't you hate it when you're like, "Oh, you actually don't know that one." Dead end. Conversation over. Pick it right up. You're making it hard on yourself. So just stick to not talking about TV shows. That's my opinion. Do you know what I think is very ironic? I think the average person, and not for you. I was like, oh. (laughs) I see you getting tense. I think the average person is very critical about dating app profiles and their profiles also suck. Mm. Like I don't, I've not seen enough good profiles out there for everyone to be so critical about the red flags, the beige flags, the whatever flags. I think that if everybody took their profiles 15% more seriously, the landscape would change for the better. I think a lot of people are stuck between the insecurity about having to work for romance versus the reality of them wanting to find love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Embarrassing to... So when they all start mimicking the tomato sauce, fridge cupboard thing, the coriander pizza thing, pineapple pizza thing, (laughs) that is them saying, I'm just going to do what everybody else does. So it's less embarrassing because I'm with the norm. Like I'm doing what the the populace does, which is not helping anyone. That is such a great point. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree. T. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. I'm really struggling to breathe. Yeah, you said it was long COVID though. I don't know if it's long COVID or if I'm just like, have I'm not fit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it could be either. I don't know what you, like panting just in conversation doesn't feel like a simply I'm unfit thing. That feels like respiratory. It was giving pug, you know. <laughs> She's been inbred. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot of uh, rats upon rats giving me this rat-like appearance and general behaviour. Anyway, I want to talk about food. One of my favourite topics. My housemate, Izzy, is an incredible cook. Mm -hmm. She loves to cook. She's very domineering in the kitchen. She will admit the fault. She will admit the fault because I think it's a fault. The kitchen's meant to be a fun, happy place, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. I would love for someone to just be domineering in the kitchen, cook the food, make the food, bring the food, fine. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I like it too. Yeah, if it's a collaborative effort, then sure, be nice about it. But every good team has a leader. Yeah, facts. Well, last night she made me the most delicious moussaka. Do you know what a moussaka is? I, I saw it on your story and I still don't know. So basically it's like a lasagna but with uh, beef mince mm-hmm. and lamb mince and eggplant tomato sauce. Yum. It's so good. You would have loved it. Yeah. No soggy rice. Because I've come in and made you food before. I've made you risotto. Yes. I've made you like um, uh, goulash. Dry chicken. Yeah. Dry chicken as well. (laughs) Chickeny pasta (laughs) with jar sauce. (laughs) But this one was special. I'll bring it in for you next time. We'll make it again. But it was from a cookbook called Yaya's Kitchen. So Yaya Next Door is this book. It's by two Melbourne guys and basically their whole story came about because a few years ago, um, and this is a bit of a trigger warning, um, their mum passed away. She was a victim of family violence Um, and basically when they were kind of like in the months and years since, the Yaya they lived next to would pass food Mm -hmm. over her fence to them and they'd always put it on their Instagram. They made an Instagram about it. So then this was a really nice way of like – tying up that chapter and the book is amazing they sent it to me um and it's got all these incredible um recipes a lot of them are greek from the community around them Mm -hmm. and yeah last night izzy made me the moussaka and when i say this is the best moussaka i've ever had i'm not mincing words nice it was delicious so i recommend you go buy that book support these guys classic local boys i love that iconic yeah yeah next door it's a book check it out I wish that there was like a taste-o-meter that I could give people my food. Why don't you make one? Eh, I'll work on it. Million dollar idea. <laughs> this is Flex and Frooms on Cater. This is a spooky, creepy, scary, gory story. I'm scared. You're a spooky binge. Yeah. That's what you call yourself. Mm-hmm. Basically, I want to tell you a true story that happened at the start of the 1900s. Yes. So far before this show was incepted. Not not long before, but a little bit. Far before. <laughs> Basically, it is the story of the most terrible polar exploration ever. So basically, this is a real life story that happened to some Australian men that went down and did one of the first explorations of the South Pole. I mean, I love that I tried to look at flights to Antarctica a couple of months ago. There were only nine seats. I was like, I got to get them what? quick. Yeah. Did you do it? No. It's a bit. It's a bit of a. Um, just go to Greenland, Switzerland, or something. That's pretty cold. Yeah. So basically, I'm just going to read it to you. You sit back and listen to the story. I'm ready. The Far Eastern Party was a sledging component of the 1911 to 1914 Australasian Antarctic Expedition, which investigated the previously unexplored coastal regions of Antarctica's west. Led by a guy called Douglas Mawson, the party aimed to explore the area far east of their main base um, and accompanying him were two other men. Basically, they had to ski with dogs along glaciers to try and like territorially map out these areas that had not been explored before. Whoa, big job. Basically, what happened was when they were at the start of the journey, Ninis, who's the... Uh, last name of one of the guys and the sledge he was walking with broke through a snow lid of a crevice and were lost so I don't basically know what that his little sledge and him fell down a crevice <gasps> and was lost and they never found him again but they saw two of the dogs were on one of the little um shelves and they were like they had died 
So then oh. their friend had gone. There was two men left. Next up. This is when you like, you're like, okay, tap out. Literally. But they couldn't go back. Why not? Because they're too far. Uh, they were too far to go back. See, in one back. thing about me, I'm always quit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so now their supplies were severely compromised and Mawson and Metz, the two oh. guys left, they did turn back west. Um, but gradually they ran out of food so they had to eat the dogs. Yeah. So they eat the dogs. And what happened next was a lesson for anybody here who's thinking about eating dogs or bears or or polar bears, mm-hmm. and that is to not eat their livers. So these men had to eat these dogs, and obviously they went for the liver because that's like a fatty, yummy part. Like, have you ever had, like, yeah, duck parfait liver? I go to Hubert, absolutely delicious. They're eating it because it's, like, nice and yummy. Mm. Turns out it has way too much vitamin A, which makes you sick. So Mertz obviously was a bit um, greedy, went for the liver, and it made him go, uh, like – paranoid lost the plot no. he's like running around the tent smashing the tent and that night he passed away at 2 a.m like he like it, you know it really like sends you so then mercy scientific term <laughs> yeah <laughs> send it um so then it was just mertz left you still with me on the story yeah but uh, yeah one man left he had to go back he finally got back but by the time he was back it was so cold that like his skin was falling off like cr- like it is crazy down there Basically, he survived to live the tale. Yeah, it turned out that he got so much information that it helped them for years after. To map yeah, but it at out. what cost? Yeah, I know PTSD. I'm not down to be a martyr. And this is also the consequence of being the first, being the tastemaker. Yeah, <laughs> like you got to go through, you got to pave that path so nicely that anybody else who comes after you is like, ah, oh, now I know what not to do. So that's the story. But how amazing! And then he was knighted. He was given an OAM. You'd hope so. <laughs> couldn't pay me. That was a lot. Thank you for sharing. No worries. But see, it's incredible. Isn't it crazy to think there was a time when we were still exploring parts of the world? Well, we're still doing it now. We don't know what's in the ocean. Yeah, that's not really the world in my opinion. What? Anyway, I digress. Flex, Flex. and Frooms. It is Flex and Frooms on Cater. As you know, it is Australia's home of hip-hop and R&B, but also just like chitty chatties with the girls, us being the girls. I, since like the world's opened up a little bit, I hate that phrase. I wish we had another one to whip out, but whatever. Uh, I've been noticing that my mm, perhaps capacity to socialize has changed a little bit. Mm. I think I'm a lot more open to like leaving the house and hanging out with people. And I think that makes it sound like I'm kind of some kind of introvert or like socially anxious person. It's quite the opposite. It's when I get into a space Everyone wants the flex experience. They really do. I've been at events with you. You know, and it's very tiring and you're kind of like, I just want to be not invisible, but just not on duty every time I pull up to the function. But as you said, while it might be irritating for me, I think it's more irritating for the people I'm with who have to kind of deal with me having to have having to start and finish a bunch of these conversations in a way that like is polite and kind or whatever. But one of my best friends, Sully, complimented me the other day on the fact that I do have an uncanny ability to end a conversation nicely without the person knowing that I'm trying to end the conversation. And it's very true though, because you can't, you can't hit them with a, with a okay, yeah, nice to, you know, we're done. No, you have to wean them off you. How do you do it? It is but a skill. 
So here's the thing. I think for most conversations, everybody knows when it's done, but nobody knows how to politely finish and say goodbye. I think what people end up doing is giving too much context as to why they can't be in this conversation anymore. And it sets them up for failure. So you might say like, oh, I need to go find my friend. And then you need to, they'll be like, oh, why? Like, what, look, is everything okay with her? It's like, oh yeah, I'm just done here. So I do a few of the following things. The first is when they trail off their sentence, nod, smile and say, well, it's so good to catch up with you. Um, I'm going to see you later, but like, give me a cuddle. And then you do all the things that associate with a goodbye greeting, but they feel comfortable with that and you feel good to go. That is a perfect one, but you have to be an op, you have to be an extrovert to do that one because it needs, it's a very, not a domineering way, but it's a very like active way to end a conversation. Do you realise you're outing yourself? Oh, I'm happy for like, people to know. <laughs> Listen, like, um, if everybody knew that I didn't want to be swarmed all the time, they would end the conversation for me. Mm. But I think most people are under the umbrella of like, well, that's not me, right? Like, Flex has the capacity for me. And like, maybe, yeah, I do. But everybody, if everybody thinks that, then everyone's like, but she, she has time for this. Anyway, the next best thing to do is the... As they're trailing off in conversation, you start a sentence. You're like, so, and you're like, oh, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. (laughs) Do you know where the bathroom is? I gotta pee. It just comes over you. Now they're helping you get to the bathroom and you just lick it. That's a that's a terrible one. Oh, I love that, that one. That one's one of my favorites. I need to see that. You know what we should do? We should do one of those hidden camera things <laughs> where we go to an event and we test out all those things. Like yeah. we go to like a launch, like Mary Poppins the other day when yeah. we went to that. Get a secret camera, show people. We literally that'd be the best thing ever. <laughs> Let's do it. It's a gift. The go to the bathroom one is fantastic though because I think that like what I used to get caught up in is saying goodbye to someone and not being far enough away from them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like why did you go if you could have stayed and the third one which is the most important one is the moment you get to a venue and there's like a lull between something starting so maybe you know a dinner and not everyone's arrived yet just go to the bathroom and sit down on the toilet and enjoy yourself yeah do that on friday night don't need to start a conversation don't need to end a conversation if you don't start the conversation it's a gift. Are you good at ending conversations? I don't yeah, know if I've I seen am. you interact with people. Okay. I don't know if I've seen it. <laughs> really? Not in like a social setting where like at work, sure, but with a bunch of people that you need to say goodbye to, I don't think I've seen it. I'm pretty good. I just say, oh, okay. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. God bless you. Bye. Yeah. Watch it next oh, time. Oh, I'm We're obsessed. Gonna do it. God bless you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's and no context. Less awkward than saying, where's the bathroom? Yeah. Wow. It's intentional. I'm not lying. I'm not here to. I'm not lying fits. either. I always need to pee. You know, my bladder is tiny. Little petite girl. Petite girl. All right. Well, we can definitely do that uh, secret camera segment. I'm absolutely blitzed for that. Definitely. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Kata. My body is really sore because I'm trying to move it. Turns out all the ma- muscles start atrophying if you don't go for walks. Anyway. 
I told the internet that I've been doing Pilates for a little while now and you would expect any kind of declaration of caring for yourself in some capacity would be met with like praise like oh my god that's so amazing like tell me about it I would say 35% of people were like what's next you're gonna move to Bondi (laughs) (laughs) what really I swear down. They were like, oh, um, I hope this doesn't become a page that's not safe for me anymore. Baby, what are you talking about? (laughs) 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 And look, we already know people stay delusional on the internet, but this wasn't even like a whole announcement. I was at Pilates, took a photo of my feet and my reformer. Like it was very casual and integration. It could have been part of a photo dump. You know what I'm saying? And then like the response that came in, it felt like I'd done something so intentional. Like this is going to be a health and fitness channel if you're not about counting calories and being skinny girls like Bethany Frankel, then don't come here. <laughs> I could not believe it. I was like, you don't want to see a girly win. That's absurd. It's absurd. But it makes. I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. You think I'm intimidating now? Wait till I can, I was doing, um, what do you call these things? Biceps. Bicep curls the other day. I couldn't do six kilos either arm. Wait till I'm bicep curling 50 kilos. You're going to be sick of me. Wow. <laughs> that is so interesting to me. It's so like, Enemies I think of progress. if you feel that way, you have a complicated relationship to health and exercise. Yes. Because when you see someone do something and it makes you uncomfortable that they're doing it, it means that either you hate doing it do you but I think it was just projection to begin with like I hope flex doesn't turn into an embodiment of something that makes me feel insecure that's a you problem baby yeah you know what I'm saying if I become an Amazonian you know I'm fighting in the woods I'm doing taekwondo you know I did taekwondo as a child let's not get into it um and that makes feel uncomfortable that is a weird thing for you to share with me (laughs) Yeah, it's the sharing with you that's weird. See, we keep going back to this. Mm -hmm. It's the relatability trap of our own doing. Not my doing. (laughs) People want me to be relatable so badly. Leave me out of it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not my place. Not my ministry. You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or check it out right here on iHeartRadio.